0: the youthscape Youthscape. podcast
1: well hi everybody and welcome back to the youthscape podcast it's a podcast where we talk about something very specific and important for youth ministry and youth workers and we waffle on for a bit and then we bring in the big guns and oh my We've got some big guns for you today. Oh my God! It's interesting guns. I'm meaning yours.
0: Oh my guns! Yeah,
1: you're you're kind of the prelim guns. Sorry,
0: I've, I've,
1: <laughs> Anyway, this is Martin Saunders, and I'm Rachel Gardner.
0: I've messed it up, haven't I? No,
1: you haven't. It's beautiful. No, I haven't. Just I've bring messed it up. in. Just bring it in. Bring it in. Bring in your stuff. So I've I've warmed up the crowd. Now yeah. now
0: tell us your story. He's oh, got a story. No. It's not a story. Well, what it's is not a story. It? What it's is a.
1: It? It's more
0: of a general wonderment. Brilliant.
1: Martin is going to bring a general wonderment. Yeah. I'm shuffling my papers. I might write a talk while he's doing this. I might Gosh, prep an assembly. i tell you what, I hope you're
0: a long-term listener <laughs> to this because this is a shambolic beginning. It's beautiful. Keep going. Okay, fine. Well, do you know what I did the other day?
1: No, I don't know what I, you did the other day.
0: on a bit of a whim, contacted my first pastor. My first pastor sounds like a children's book, doesn't it? It
1: does. That's, that's not my pastor. That's not my pastor. His <laughs> suit is too shiny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only a certain group of people will get that job. Those that <laughs> like are appreciating it. Yes. it will really appreciate yeah. it. We'll love right, it. so I decided to go and seek out my first pastor, the pastor of the church in which I came to faith.
2: Oh, wow. I don't really
0: know why I did it, if I'm honest. I still don't know quite why I did it. Perhaps I felt like the Lord was prompting me to do so.
1: Oh, it sounds like
0: it. Um, and so I found him. It was, a, it was like a mission to find him. So I scoured the internet for people called his name. He's called David McCann, mm-hmm. Reverend David McCann. And uh, it's not a totally uncommon name. He's Northern Irish. And okay. it turns out that's quite a common name. Um, and there are a few ministers called that. However, I found a sermon that he had preached at some church not a million miles from me about a year ago. Wow. And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll check it out. Checked it out. It was his it voice. It was actually him. And so I contacted the, the leader of that church. I said, is David McCann in your church? They said, no, but we know where he is. And they got in touch with him. And Gosh. He, he messaged me. He's like... Oh. In this
1: day and age of GDPR, he yeah. passed on his details. And let's
0: not, like, nobody's upset about it.
1: Okay, that's wonderful, character. Absolutely fine.
0: <laughs> nobody's suing anyone.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so I drove down to where he now lives in his retirement. Oh, seven, wow. He and his wife are about 79. Yeah. Went to see them, and it was the most beautiful thing. Wow. And I went and sat and had tea with him. Yeah. And uh, so how
1: old were you when he was your pastor? 14. Wow, Martin. so fourteen through to eighteen, oh.
0: and uh, and I hadn't seen him since I was eighteen, and I went and sat, and we had tea in his front room, and uh, we talked about what he was up to now, and I told him about the uh, enormous youth festival project that I was mm. currently terrified by, mm. and uh, and and he, um, uh, we prayed together, and we kind of shared together, and it was just the most lovely time, and as I went away, I had a sense of of. Um, Th- this actually was not for my benefit it was great you know lots of mm. lots of stories that people tell are about I, the Lord told me to do this and I went and then mm. I realised why I needed to do this because I could get to the next level of understanding I don't think it was about me at all I think I left there and I realised that for him now in his retirement mm. you know not probably having too much connection with, with when he was church pastor it was a massive affirmation at the end of his, mm. his life that somebody was still going in the faith, mm. who'd come to faith in his in his church, and 25 years later was still you know very passionate about mm. their faith, and it re- you know brought it to his wow. eyes. It was wonderful, and it made me think, gosh, I had had I not had this random thought to do so, I never would have thought of doing it, and I to shame didn't do it for the previous 27 years. Wow! And I think, oh, shouldn't we all do that? Should mm. we all? start contacting our original mm-hmm. church leaders and saying, hi, I'm still a Christian, thanks. Mm. That's all it would take. That
1: is a story of wonderment. That well, is. That a
0: general wonderment.
1: real genuine wonderment. I, what I'm interested by is, for you and I, and probably people of our generation, it would have been the pastor, the church pastor. Yeah. Whereas 14-year-olds now, in 30 years time,
0: mm-hmm. who would it
1: be they'd want to get in touch with? Well,
0: so I had great youth workers. Mm. Oh, I okay. did have great youth workers. Okay. And I've been in touch with them since. Yeah. But the 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 minister who was kind of responsible for the whole thing, maybe they, you know, I, I think we're more likely to seek out our old youth worker. Right. We might still have a relationship with our old yeah. youth worker. But actually, I thought it was it was really a phone for him. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. Have you have you ever done
0: that? Have you ever connected with a an old? Well, I
1: think I have, but not because I not because I've tried to. But I've been at an event and they've been there. and that's like oh no I had a letter I had a letter I think I told you about it on the podcast actually I had a lovely letter little postcard through the door from a couple who said we just we just spotted something on Facebook that you don't think I've done something somewhere and they'd seen it on a friend's timeline and they just said we're just really proud of you they're in their 80s now like they would have been in their 50s probably (laughs) I can't do the maths anyway when they were praying for me they said we're still praying for you so that was a real but that was them seeking me out that wasn't me seeking them out you've got my mind going now Listener, my mind is whirring as said all the people I'd want to go to. My favourite bit
0: of the conversation with David was when I said to him, rather importantly, oh, you know, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Youthscape or uh, some of the stuff I've been up to over the last 15, 20 years with Youth up magazine and stuff like that. His go blank? I don't know if you've, you've followed anything of what I've been up to and he just went, no. 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 Absolutely not. Not no. heard of any of it.
1: But loved you anyway. Oh, I, lo- I liked that more. I was proud more. of you. I liked that more. Yeah. Did you take him lots of merch?
0: I, like I should little, have
1: done. a little beanie.
0: I mean, to, to, <laughs> for my shame, no, I didn't... That would have been quite helpful. I didn't tell him anything. That
1: is such a good challenge. Why, why should we do it? Why, why do you think we should do it? Well,
0: I think for somebody who has been a good and faithful servant mm. like him for, like, 50 years, mm. actually, um, especially, like, I'm not sure we we give enough deference to our elders anymore mm. and I'm not sure that we have enough respect for them I don't know if we go and listen to their wisdom enough and that's what I mm-hmm. actually wanted to do mm-hmm. was say look I'm, I'm, I'm about to take on this huge project you know you're someone I have huge respect for oh. there's some there's some um, elements which I think I wanted a bit of permission yeah you know the when I was 14 meeting. I went to see him the only meeting I ever had with him at 14, 15 I went to see him to ask if I could put on a youth event oh. in, a, in a it was an evening of drama
1: Oh no, an evening Even your of, drama. An evening of
0: Christian drama. Can
1: we just make sure this festival that you're doing is not going to have any Christian it's drama? It's
0: going to be mainly Christian drama. It's,
1: oh no. An evening
0: of Christian drama. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and I went to ask him permission to see if we could oh. do it. And he was, very, he was great. He was very permission-granting. Mm. So maybe on some level you I felt I needed again. to go back and do that. But why should we do it? Because I don't think we thank those people enough. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they get overlooked, especially in retirement and uh, you know I just I think it was incredibly encouraging for him mm. that, that, to see that his work was still having was still bearing fruit
1: absolutely so oh, that's why unfortunately we leave it till someone's died often don't we and then we all rock up to the funeral and say those things exactly I wonder, I wonder as well if we listen to people even in our 40s and 50s and 60s we listen to them as if we were a teenager again. Because mm. as you're speaking, I'm thinking there's a few people that if I was to go and visit them, I couldn't help but be my 15-year-old self. I wouldn't be behaving like a 15-year-old, but I would definitely, my heart would be open to them. Yeah. In a way that would I'd be more guarded maybe with other people I don't know. Yeah. So that's a really good spiritual discipline, actually. Who, who are the people who you think actually your heart would more naturally be open to because you just know that when you were young and vulnerable yeah, so and fragile, and you could have been manipulated, you weren't. They were trustworthy, and they were good, and they were kind. So maybe it would be good to yeah. seek them out for that. And
0: I remember talking to an older couple a while back.
1: Well done you. Who, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just look really proud. Well <laughs> done me.
0: I talk to old people, um, but but I remember talking to an older mm. couple who said, you know, we don't feel like. Um, this generation of listeners of leaders mm, sorry I'm listeners just, yeah. don't, I don't believe this generation of leaders really listens to the elders anymore mm. and so we really prize like there's an age isn't there mm. sort of somewhere between 40 and 60 where you're in your prize yes. allegedly as a as a leader actually somebody at 79 who's faithfully pursued god yes for like 70 years yes the number of prayers that guy has prayed the number yes. of times he's been on his knees you know the number of relationships he's had to help yes. the number of people he's cried with and you know yeah. and, and and tragedies he's gone through and moments of joy he's experienced and It's so much more than somebody who's in their 40s. Mm. So I think we need to listen way more to
1: the Mm. elders. Way more. Absolutely, absolutely. I was um, involved in a girls' day recently. Hundreds and hundreds of girls came and youth workers brought them and it was amazing. And I looked around the room and it was a really funny experience where there were definitely youth workers in the room older than me and um, there was a real sense of everybody being in this together but at one point I thought actually I'm a lot older than the women running this mm. and at one point they said to me would you come and join a panel on the stage and I said well no not really mental health isn't really my area and Helen Cuttridge is here there's others here that are way better than me on this stuff and the comment back was but actually Rachel if you were there that would just make us feel a bit more confident and Leslie thought oh wow because yeah. as, as the oldest youth in this old. group actually I, I remember that feeling of some older people you think oh they're here it's gonna be okay there is i was like I've, I've entered the twilight years but it was such a privilege actually i thought oh well that's a really i hadn't anticipated that i really enjoyed that so i said very little which is unusual for me because mm. i didn't really know what i was talking about but it was really lovely to sit there and think if these women on the platform feel they can say what they need to say because i'm sat next to them rubbing their back with the rest of it well, that's great so yes let's seek out those elders.
0: Now we've got a um, a interview. great interview. Yes. I feel like we should get to it, but I've just... You know, as as these things sometimes hit me in my older years, Yes, uh, I've just remembered a, quite a good story.
1: Oh, is it about involving,
0: going
1: to the toilet? Why would you be like going to the know. toilet? You've been in my house for, for a significant amount of time and you've not been to the loo. Which is, which is quite a quite. Oh thing. yeah,
0: producer Rachel just nods along.
1: <laughs> it's fine, the, the listeners know. Anyway,
0: no. I've, I've remembered a good story. Oh. Do you want it now, while it's in context, or
1: after? How long is it? I could probably
0: do it in three minutes.
1: Let's do this then. Buckle up, people. All right. Another so, story, and then we've got a great
0: interview. Well, I, I think one of the wisest elder statesmen I've ever met and known is the Reverend Sandy Miller. Oh. And he uh, was the guy, really, he was... He was the, not the pioneer of the Alpha course because that was Nicky Gumball but he was the, the minister at Holy Trinity Brompton when Alpha all mm. kicked off in the 80s and 90s and uh, so I I don't know him mm. but my uh, wife is really good friends with his daughter and so uh, so that's how I got to know them and so uh, Sandy actually married us oh. So, uh, so I got to kind of know him a little bit through that. And so when, um, when I first started working in, uh, for Youth Work magazine, I contacted him and I said, I wondered if I could have some spiritual direction, please. Because he'd done our um, marriage prep classes, okay. yeah. And I thought, oh, gosh, that's very good. And I somehow thought myself important enough to go and visit Sandy Miller for this spiritual is, is, is direction. Sweet. And uh, I asked him whether he'd be my spiritual director. And he said oh dear boy absolutely not dear boy <laughs> uh but only but only because uh well he said because actually you, you he wanted me to take responsibility for my own spiritual direction oh. not have a spiritual director wow. take responsibility for that oh, so it was quite But wow. anyway but he but he said what i will do is pray for you to be filled with the holy spirit that doesn't oh. sound that doesn't sound like anyone like sandy miller does it <laughs> so um so he is this wonderful like mm. regal elderly gentleman mm. wonderful godly man mm. and uh he had his new church it was the last church before he retired which is in north london and uh so i went to see him in his in his room and and, and basically at the end of his um uh, of our little time talking together he said i'd love to pray for you to be filled with the holy spirit um and uh, and so could i pray for you to uh, to be uh, released with the gift of tongues Aww. And I said, well, I mean, you know, in for a penny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm here now. Yeah. So, um, so I said, sure, sure, absolutely. And then he, he went through a little Bible study with me about Aww. why why tongues yep. is for today. Yeah. And I've got to set the scene for you. I've not done this in three minutes, have I? That's Producer crazy, Rachel's shaking yeah. her head. <laughs> so, um, so I'm sitting there in his front room in this um, lovely North London home, which is opposite. I think uh, I think it was opposite a uh, housing estate. I'm, I can't quite remember. Anyway, what's important about it is. Uh, it was right on a street, massive open uh, glass window. No address. netting. No netting. Yes,
1: come on.
0: And so he gets me to stand, you know, in this room, and then he comes alongside me, lay your hands down, yeah. and he starts praying for me, and he does this thing where he sort of touches me on the mouth, and and then he starts... Uh, Giving me, you know, prophetic words and things yeah. like that. And I'm standing there with my eyes closed for a while and all sorts of stuff happens. Which I yes. won't go into, but yeah. it was fairly dramatic.
1: As in God doing amazing stuff in you, yes.
0: Yes, thank yeah. you for clarifying yes. that. <laughs> it was it was just very dramatic, spiritual mode. Good. Moments. good. Okay? it was very important. Anyway, as I don't know about you in those moments, I always keep my eyes closed just in case it like frightens God away. You know what I mean? So I kept my eyes closed the whole time. And then he finished praying and I was aware that the time was up. Uh, and so I opened my eyes and <laughs> outside there was a little gathering of people who just decided, <laughs> who just like gathered yeah, to just, watch what on earth was going because on.
1: Because this probably happened every afternoon in Sandy Miller's house. Outside
0: Sandy's so window. Great. There were a couple of kids <laughs> out there on, on like bikes. And then like a guy was just standing watching. Just watching. It was like a small crowd had formed probably. to watch probably. me being prayed for in the Holy Spirit.
1: Good, that's how it should be. There we
0: go, end of story.
1: The Holy Spirit takes us by the hand and leads us into places where we're not in charge and we're not
0: at home. So, Wayne Parsons. <laughs> Wayne Parsons. So, you met Wayne. I did. Now, Wayne used to work for Youthscape. He
1: did, He's yeah. a beloved friend yeah. uh,
0: of the organisation, but he, he left to uh, move house, move job, and now... Um, works as youth pastor in a, a church in Southampton mm-hmm. and he's been in that role for a long time hasn't he so he's, he's put yes. down roots
1: yes and he also occupies a bit of a national role for within uh, New Frontiers Yes, so it's a huge network isn't it of churches so he would be very much to say he's not the only one that does this yeah. but he kind of has some kind of responsibility for their national gathering and the youth work that happens there and which it's... cluster
0: is he? He's one of the clusters Catalyst, or the... Catalyst. Yes. is it
1: a cluster? Yeah, well it is, is it I think cluster? churches can choose which which, oh. which they can join and I I think I love that because they've, they've tried to kind of go for more of a flat leadership model haven't they yeah, yeah Um, which I think is quite interesting quite exciting so I was there with them for the day and I again as per usual got my phone out gave somebody very little choice and started recording an interview with them it does sound like you it does sound like me but yet again what comes out is gold because what's inside is gold so this is interview in a top floor quite a shabby room with Wayne Parsons
0: The Youthscape Podcast.
1: So uh, it's great, Wayne, to sit down with you. We found a quiet little room here at the Catalyst New Frontiers Leadership Conference. And I grabbed you because uh, we share... Working at the same organisation, although not at the same time, yeah, 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 I think yeah. uh, you demolished Youthscape and then I arrived to rebuild it or something like that.
2: Well, you got to move um, to, to work there when they moved into Butte Mills. I, I was the lead up to Butte Mills and then Oh, and the then catacombs, left, so. that
1: crazy building in Luton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you worked for two years yeah, at Youthscape. on the local team? Yeah,
2: yep. so I was in, in Luton previous to that. So I worked for a local church in Luton, uh, Hope Church, for 12 years. Um, uh, mainly as their youth pastor youth worker and uh, uh, and then getting involved in other areas of church life as well um, felt God call me out of that and um, took on a job uh, working for for l c t so youthscape yeah. um, so I worked with the team that went into secondary schools to do pastoral work mm-hmm. um and uh um, yeah, had a great time kind of working across the different secondary schools, loved it, we Were there for two years, and then we felt God calling us away from Luton, so moved to Southampton to work as a youth pastor in a in a church just on the edge of, of Southampton, so I've been doing that for the last five years.
1: Amazing, so th- what's really interesting about your career, we don't often use the word career do right, we in yeah, youth work, yeah. but you do what I think is, is quite interesting, so you started off youth work in a local church setting, yeah, yeah. and then you moved into a parachurch setting, Yeah. LCC and then back into local church can you talk to us a little bit about that because I I guess you're doing a similar job but it's vastly different and, yeah. and what are the pros and cons so so what was it like when you first moved from local church a bunch yep. of young people to suddenly your town-wide yeah yeah
2: yeah it was a real journey I mean I've always felt called cool to to work with young people and I think working for a local church um and getting older, there was always an expectation to go into more adult ministry and to, to kind of move on, I suppose, from working oh. with and young people. And that came people. from
1: within the church structure. Yeah, That's yeah. interesting, isn't I it? I think just,
2: just doing, kind of being Expected, a leader yeah. and, and being in church work, that it's just, I don't know, there's just that expectation of, of you progress into something. And, and I think I was, I was kind of exploring that and looking at that and I was doing more across the, the whole church, but just always had a heart for... For young people, and at one stage was questioning, "Do I go into church leadership?" and and um, there was a few opportunities, and started to push a few doors, and I just came to the place where I just realised I love young people, <laughs> I love working with young people, my heart breaks for young people, yeah. and and just just felt that that's what I was called to do. Mm-hmm. If you cut me to the core, um, it was it was to, to that work that young is people. And a
1: calling, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's so interesting, isn't it? Being in a in a role that you feel God's called you to, and yet leaders around you almost having to resist yeah, their calling cool yeah, like, that, yeah, that's yeah, not easy yeah, is yeah, it yeah, no I no, wonder yeah. if lots of people listening to this probably resonate with that yeah. that that feeling of maybe it's not enough just to be a youth worker yeah. maybe somehow this has to be a step to something yeah else. yeah
2: which I realized it wasn't and and definitely as I've got older the way I do youth work has changed but the the sense of passion for young people is, is, has mm. never changed and and I think that was a, a a point where I was just starting to look at well what where do I want to work? How do I want to kind of outwork that? What training do I want to get to if i 'm really going to commit to to the next generation and to serve them well and to invest in them then then I want to be as as skilled as, mm-hmm. as possible to do that and and it it just uh, aligned at a time where it, it just felt right to to move into an organization that just solely working with young people mm-hmm. and committed to young people and, and doing it very well um, and I'd worked alongside some of the um, chaplaincy workers at Uscape and, and just being in Luton we'd kind of connected yeah. in different places, I had some relationship and I saw that this job had come up as an assistant director of, of, um, of LCT on the re-engagement team and just spoke to the person in charge at that time and it just, it just all fell into place, it just mm-hmm. felt okay this is God opening a door. And um, so yeah, so made that transition. So
1: what was that like then? So suddenly mm. you're you're not a lone youth worker anymore, you're part no. of a much bigger team. Yeah, Everybody yeah. is equally sold out for this yeah, very specific yeah, age yeah. group. Oh. What does that what did that give you?
2: Yeah, well, I love just being in that environment with with other people sharing a similar heart. I loved the fact that um, so i 'd only been in one church doing my ministry and and was in a bit of a bubble, I suppose of the style of church that I was in so then suddenly, to be in an environment where you had different people from different denominations and different expressions of church all coming together and and, and just being able to share that experience and learn from one another and um, and and definitely the the difference of suddenly realizing ways i 'd probably done stuff which um, probably weren't as professional as, as, <laughs> uh, as I suddenly realised you could do yeah, in exactly. an environment. I mean, working for a schools work charity where you, you have to do things well, yeah, and you have to present yeah, yourself well, rigorous. and you have to have good policies in place and, and good structures, and um, being able to, to evaluate your work and, and stuff. And suddenly coming into that environment where it'd been really thought about and shaped, and, and things have been put in place, I just loved that, and I, I really grew. Um, as a as a youth worker, as a as a professional working with young people, mm. suddenly seeing um, how to do good youth work practice and mm. and and to, to really kind of just um, develop my own skills and mm. my own mm. way of doing things. So so it for me it was it was a much more professional environment, um, but with mm. the same heart, yes. same passion. Yeah. Um, and just real opportunity to yes. uh, to, um, yeah. to really connect with young people, and uh, I suppose I'd done a lot of discipleship stuff within the church with Christians and, mm-hmm. and working with Christians. To suddenly be working with most of the young people outside of, uh, of course, like, didn't know yeah. who, who God was, didn't know what church kind of looked like, and, um, uh, and that's
1: a dream actually, isn't it? For youth workers, yeah, piece,
2: that yeah, 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 yeah. Suddenly the being connected <laughs> on a very kind of personal, deep mm. level with young people, um, but also with a um, uh, a desire to see them encounter Jesus mm. and and um, and make start to make that journey into a Christian mm. environment and and what's great about Uscape is it really does work alongside local church mm. and. Because that's husband. where discipleship yeah, happens, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, so you
1: then could. you did two years and left. And I would like to say, for the record, that you were very sorely missed. And when mm. I arrived, there was a lot of still grieving and mourning <laughs> <over> <laughs> you not being there. And I was yeah. like, "Who is this guy?" So it was very sad that you went. I know that um, the youthscape team really, really missed you. Um, it was and sad. It was probably to me. still a job definitely. if you would like to come back. But, anyway, <laughs> um, but then you, but then you felt felt a cool... Uh, with your wife mm, to Southampton yeah, and, yeah. and not back into that's probably the wrong language, but actually then a folk a refocused again around one yeah, specific yeah. community, so in yeah, church. Yeah. So what was that like going from town wide yeah, main evangelism yeah, yeah. to suddenly connected in a much smaller context again
2: how what was that like yeah it was it was good i mean we re- we really felt clearly from God that it was right to make that awesome. that move yeah. and and probably the the thing that was a big heart cry was I loved my job and 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 at the time working for youscape i if I could have done the move and kept that yeah. and, but it, it wasn't kind of quote quote um yeah it it just didn't didn't right. go that way and stuff so and we we I Did really feel a call to the church and a call to the role as well. So I was asked to, to to move to the church and, and take on the role as the youth pastor, um, and, and I I was really excited about going back into church ministry, but to be able to to bring all the things that I'd learned um, mm-hmm. from working for Youthscape um, um, into that community. So, so to to go back into discipling um, young people in local church but also to then see beyond and have a vision and a dream for connecting with young people in the community that weren't connected with the local church and and probably um, weren't easily going to make any links Mm. to the local church so so i i I spoke to the leadership um of the church and said this is what i'm living with i i'd love to really be connected with the schools Mm. i'd love to be setting up uh, mentoring projects and and um just um supporting young people in the community and they loved that and they said yeah we 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 would love you to kind of bring what you've learned from youthscape and and um be able to bring it into the role that, that that you're taking on so so i've been there five years now and um we, we have a, a great group of young people in the church, but we've also developed and set up a whole um, ministry um, of a mentoring program mm-hmm. in the local community and working with, mm-hmm. with a school that when we first went, they said, we don't want any Christians coming in, we're wow. not interested in, in, in RE lessons or assemblies or any of that. Um, they were very cautious of having any outside groups coming in, a school of, of over 2,000 students. Um, and I said, well, I've just been doing a job where I, I've done pastoral work in mm. a school, done some mentoring. And the, the guy yeah. said, maybe we'll give it a go. And um, he um, phoned me the week after and said, we've got two lads that we'd like to kind of try out. And yeah. uh, um, another member of the staff, um, a female, works for me and said, oh, maybe she could come in and work with this one girl. So, so the two of us went in. We took on our first young people to mentor. And um, by the end of that term, we had a waiting list of uh, young people. And of course. Yeah, of course. and now we've got a mentoring programme where we're, we're, well, we're working yeah. with kind of 40 young people at wow. the moment. And, and
1: schools have to be rightly cautious, don't they? Yeah, I think yeah. probably a few years working in schools ministry probably gave you some of the language yeah, and the skills. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I think it's really worth saying that, of course, in no way are we saying that we have to be trained in a parachurch setting no, to no, have no, that kind yeah. of heart in local church. But there's, I think it's really interesting, your journey, your career, where you've kind of occupied both contexts and just how that's enriched what you do. Because obviously, also now, as part of the New Frontiers Network, you're also sort of training up youth yeah, workers yeah, in that yeah. network as well. No, and yeah, and yeah. How, is, how is that going? Yeah,
2: it's good. It's good. I mean, a lot of it is just connecting relationally with youth workers, just yeah. hearing... <clears throat> how people are getting on what are the challenges, trying to be in that space with them just to yeah. just to discuss the issues and and look at how we can share practice and ideas and yeah. pray with one another and mm. and and just pray for for that that we believe in that god wants to do um with with, with young people in the mm. various settings that we're in um we uh, run a, a conference kind of each year we've moving that this year we're really excited about it to um the o2 um, venue in london so we've got a <laughs> Um, yeah, on the 9th of February in, uh, um, at the O2 wow. gathering young people from all across the country oh, just to get t- training and, and pray together and worship together and seek God for, for, for this generation. And
1: that sounds yeah. like, and it comes from the same heart. That is, mm. it might be thousands in an arena, it might be three in a mentoring yeah, thing, yeah, but actually yeah. this is what we want to see. So I want to ask you some sort of controversial questions because I suppose there might be the purists among us that say, and I think <coughs> I've sometimes thought this, I think, well, if actually we're doing a good job in local church setting, what is the purpose of a parachurch right, yeah, youth yeah, organisation? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, actually... Yeah. The, the relationships are really um, embedded in local church, discipleship, the mm. church is not going anywhere, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. parachurches depend on funding, and of course yeah. local churches too, but it's often different sources of funding. So, I mean, what, what would you, because that is quite, what, what would you say into that mix? What, what does a healthy relationship look like between mm. youth workers who are volunteers or paid in a local church setting, and then a parachurch youth organisation? What, what's a good yeah, relationship yeah, between those yeah, two look yeah. like?
2: um I, th- I think unity i mean we're all believers we're we're all um wanting to see god's kingdom advance and and i think we're a people to 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 advance the kingdom of god aren't we and and god uses us in different um settings to to do that and i think where i've seen it work is where church and and other organizations work together partner and use resources and and train and um yeah i i think um, i think there's a role for both mm-hmm. and i i definitely learned lots from being um in in youthscape and and being with different believers from different places sharing experiences growing together seeking god together living out the call that, that god has put on on their life but then seeing that mm-hmm. um add to the church and and enhance the work of the church so so i mm-hmm. think i think yeah i think they can they can both mm. work alongside each other and, and not take away from each other and, and i think it's about unity it 's about going after the same yes. same goal and, yes. and about supporting one another and seeing that they're different i think i think I mean, churches it, 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 it's yeah it's it's family it's it's kind of um it's 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 local god 's people gathered together under um under leadership together mm. or under a certain vision together and i think Um, um, youth organisations like Youthscape are, are for a very set purpose focus vision and sometimes
1: more free to innovate sometimes yeah, a yeah, little bit yeah, yeah, what yeah. might be too risky for a youth worker to trial but yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I think that's tremendous for, for you as a leader then i'm just so struck by the fact that many people listening to this podcast week in week out have chosen to stay put in youth ministry whether that's as a volunteer like myself i'm a volunteer youth worker yeah. in our church or as a paid role um what does it take to stay put in a calling where, well-meaning, people often say, what's the next step? What, yeah. <laughs> when are you going to do a, a proper leadership role? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so, so <clears throat> here's some of the heart of that. Um, um, what do you think it's going to take for us in the next 10 years to really connect with the post-millennials around faith and mm. discipleship? There's a couple of questions there, but firstly, yeah. what does it take to stay put? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I think it's knowing what God's called you to and um, just because... Other people might say, "Oh, you've got to progress to this," and "Oh, you you could be doing this other role." If uh, for me personally, it was known actually, God has given me a heart for for young people. I love working with young people. I am passionate about young people, and actually, that is all the calling I need. And it's not about for me. It's not about a progression, um, and suddenly going from where like young people are, are less important than than <laughs> adults and stuff. Like young people are so important, mm. and and actually, young people need they need people that are uh, spiritual brothers and sisters, they need spiritual parents, mm-hmm. they need aunts and uncles, they need spiritual kind of grandparents. And, and, and actually age, it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, I love um, the spoken word that Meg Cannon did years ago to youth workers and, and she said actually young people want, need people that are passionate about Jesus and are present mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't matter about I age. And I, I yeah, yeah, the come five me one, I yeah. love that. And I, um, and I think it's so true. And actually in my own experience as I've got older, um, I've realised that there's there's stuff that I can offer young people now that I couldn't have when I was younger, and and hopefully I've grown in wisdom and and um, learned new things, and and actually I think yeah it's about being present with young people and building relationship and investing and 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 praying for them and championing them and and mm-hmm. um, yeah, allowing them to see who they can be mm-hmm. in God, and so so I'd say part of it is you just have to be a bit resilient and say to people actually no this is what I'm called mm-hmm. to and. Um, and yeah I might be gifted to be able to do some other things and and at times I will get involved in other areas but actually this is my first calling this is what God's put in my heart and I'm I'm, I'm going to stay true to that. Yeah, so,
1: super. So. And then as you see the next 10 years, next 15 years, and mm. post-millennials are going to yeah, be sort of yeah. <laughs> yeah. dominating the youth groups and just the whole how they approach life and how they see faith and discipleship. How, what do you think are going to be some of the big challenges in the horizon for us as leaders? What is it going to take from us
2: Yeah, yeah. to lead well? I mean, there's huge challenges, isn't there? And um, so many young people we come across are so disillusioned with church and um, and... Just I think the, the whole stuff of young people questioning their identity and who they are and and just the, the breakdown of society and family and, and, and all of that and but yet when when I read the Bible and when I see their um, um, see the gospel in in action and and, and hear what jesus says and so much of it is relationship so much of it, it it cuts across the the challenges of society and it's it's about a god that loves young people that that's made a way for them and that is enough for them and wants to restore and bring hope and 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 be with them um and i i mean personally in my own journey at the moment i i've I've just felt God saying just lean in, lean in in your vulnerability, lean in in your doubts, lean in in your questions. And we we sometimes can, I think, find in church that it feels that we always have to be on the mountaintop. everything always has to be kind of um, all smiley and all happy. And, and I've just, that's just not real. And so much of life and so much, I think, of the lives of the young people that I'm meeting in schools and in the community is, is there's real brokenness and there's real challenge. but But actually... God says he'll be with us in the valley and he says he walks with us in the valley, he meets with us in the valley and he takes us um, through the valley. So so I think part of, of it is realising there's loads of challenges but actually that whatever the challenges are, God is enough for them and God invites them into a relationship and and loves them and wants to journey with them and wants to walk with them, and and they can find him and in, in that there's hope and in that there's freedom and in that there's grace and in that there's goodness. so, so I think whatever the challenges are, because there's always challenges, and uh, it's actually believing that, that God can be in, can meet with them in that place and journey with them. So so, yeah, so that's what I'm passionate about is seeing young people, the young people that I serve, and really connect with God, who is relevant is enough and loves them.
1: This is the Youthscape Podcast. So, as per usual, there isn't a list of questions that we go into interviews about. But as I was chatting with Wayne, what became really interesting, which you hear in the interview, is our conversation around parachurch and local church. Mm. You you are struggling both now, aren't you? I am at the moment. Local youth yeah, church and parachurch. But your passion really is for great parachurch youth organisations.
0: Do
1: you well, think uh, both? Both, both yeah. yeah. Do you think the future, a healthy future in the UK for youth ministry, that there will not be any parachurch youth organisations? Because actually, churches will be innovating more themselves. Will be networked a bit more across denominations. There'll be more resource hubs, and actually, the parachurch, which which can be one agenda, I you know, come and do mm. this resource. This will actually will see less of that. A because we can't finance it, mm. and B because actually we don't need it.
0: Well, I'd like to know what you think about this as well. Um, I think where the parachurch goes awry is where it starts to believe its own hype and think that it's the, um, uh, it's the thing to be looked up to. That it is the, the sort of, the, the, if you make it as a, if you're a really good church youth worker, you might one day get picked up to work for a parachurch organisation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, And there you will discover the, the best ways of doing things and you'll be able to train others and speak on conference stages. Now, I'm afraid at times that has been the reality of the church and the parachurch. And I think in the noughties, 90s and noughties, to some extent, that's what happened. People rose up out of church youth work mm-hmm. and were elevated to positions of greatness mm. in the parachurch. All relative greatness, isn't it, really? Mm. I mean, you know, a good... Christian book sells three thousand copies, um, but um, uh, but I think the the parachurch can be really healthy if it has, if it sees itself as a source of fertilizer mm. to the soil of local church. Mm-hmm. But I do still think there's always a role for the fertilizer and the yeah. catalyst. Yeah. So I think it's it's really important that we focus always. The local church is the answer, is the hope. Absolutely, mm. that's what God works through is the local church. However, He also raises up individuals and organizations who are able to bring a prophetic voice to mm. the local church mm. and are also able to connect and network people and to equip and resource and train people are able to pull resources in one area so that they become very strong and expert at something mm. so they can become a resource but all of that is about mm. being the fertilizer mm. not about being the great you know the answer mm. and I, and as i say that if there's been a A flaw in the model for the last 20, 25 years, it's been that we've allowed our heroes to be the parachurch leaders. And, you know, I mean, we've all been to Christian festivals. We've organised them. Yes. You know, where the parachurch, uh, you know, guys have 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 dominated (laughs) and been heroes. And that's that's different to being the prophets, I think. Yes. What do you think?
1: I I completely agree with you and think it has to be a mixed economy. I wonder if in 10 years' time, because of necessity and because it makes sense, we won't see parachurches as big institutions that are these heavy, slow-moving beasts. They'll, what The ones that will survive and thrive will be the ones that see themselves as movements that really innovate, that are a little bit of R&D lab, that pop up and go. I'd, I'd like to see a future where para-church, some parachurch movements are around for five years, then, then go. And, mm. then, and then something mm. else happens. Mm. And I think the idea that you have to have one parachurch organisation that stays the course, whatever happens, I think is not yeah. particularly helpful. I think it means that you kind of... You you end up resourcing and funding stuff that isn't actually really benefiting the local yeah, church, yeah. and I think. But I think if there was no parachurch movement or organisation or community, I think the danger in local church would be that we wouldn't really network very mm, well. So we wouldn't mm. have a voice nationally. We wouldn't, we? wouldn't actually have these points of gathering that are not about one denomination. That are actually mm. so parachurch can operate outside of that, can't yeah, they? Yeah. Which is so helpful and, and can create this sense of a of a community. Um, which nominations do it well within their own tribe yep, but don't exactly. do it outside of that so I think there will always be a the place for both but what I like with Wayne is that he he he's experienced both and feels really enriched by that Yeah. and I think that's probably I'd like to see more of that happening mm, as well where mm. people think actually rather than being called out of youth ministry maybe it's just a different aspect of youth ministry mm. that God's moving me into for this season of life and then I'll come you know and I think that's mm. we see the pipeline as gap year ah oh, I've got a bit of youth work do a bit of youth work oh that's disastrous oh it must be something else whereas if we yeah. saw actually yeah. there's this massive community that I can be t- tapping into all sorts of jobs all sorts of ideas it'd be amazing yeah
0: now I'm you said I was passionately advocate for the parachurch I, I mean I am to some extent and I'm really excited about the local church mm. The thing I really get excited about is, is more eggnog like lattes. eggnog latte. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. <It> was,
1: <laughs> sorry, just, I didn't
0: just I was getting a bit self-important. Not, no, you could see I was I was whooping up an aura of self-importance. Well, actually, there. I'm
1: genuinely interested to see what you're going to say. And oh, you sorry. pierced it. Tell, tell me what you're going to say. I'm
0: really excited about interchurch. I'm really excited about church unity, mm. and I am I've observed a bit of that as a local church youth worker. Mm. You know, of, of churches coming in humility to each other and saying. We are better off together. Mm. That actually, we really believe now in this context, this post-Christian context. You know where we have really got a challenge to transform uh, or see our town or a mm. village or a community or a group of villages transformed mm. uh, or city. Um, you know we, we can't just do this on our own, mm. and we need each other. And the saddest thing in that context is where you see a church which does exactly the stuff, the sort of behaviours I was describing in the parachurch, church, yeah. where a church gets big enough that it goes, hang on a minute, we're the big show in town. We don't need these other guys. We've actually got, you know, the biggest venue. We've got the biggest youth group. Mm. And we've got, you know, um, uh, great speakers and, and, and youth workers. We've got a great team. Mm. We don't need anyone else. And suddenly, you know, it, the mission becomes... Our mission to the local community rather than the mission we were doing together and so so I love church unity and I I think all of us need to Mm. to, to just invest in that like all of us need to know and network with youth workers of different tribes and and, and denominations locally but the thing to watch out for and it creeps up on you is you get a little bit of success and you start to think you don't need the others Um, and that can also happen a little bit in churches that become designated as resourcing yeah, churches. Yeah, 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 absolutely. They start to think, you come to us, yeah. but on our terms. Yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: yeah, we're, you know, yeah, we're working with others, but only when it's hosted at mm, our place. Mm, so that's mm, the sign mm. of whether you're out of whack mm-hmm. in, in in local Good, church unity, Good, is, uh, is are you always trying to host it at your place, yeah. are you always trying to put your guys on the stage, yeah. you know, or whatever. Mm. Um, so, uh, so there we go.
1: Can can like, Can local church Rant unity, over, youth ministry, can it move at speed. Oh, sorry, yes, it can move at speed. How do we make sure that local unity in churches doesn't just get mired? You know? mm-hmm. So, as a youth worker, in I'm a volunteer youth worker in Harrow, you know, I have actually very little power and influence mm-hmm. as what happens here. I've got a lot of energy and passion, not a lot of time. How do I as a volunteer youth worker make sure that That local unity stuff doesn't get kind of swallowed up in this kind of politics Mm -hmm. of whose event, where is this being held? How do you make sure that the unity serves the mission quick enough? Yeah, yeah. That we're not still having the same conversations in ten years' time. Have you seen these sort of?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the answer is always. It's exactly the same as the question of how do parachurch organisations work. Yes. It's exactly the same answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's it never works if you're doing it on the basis of duty and what do we get out of this. Yes. And you know, are we all being fair? (laughs) Yes. And are we all getting an equal share? That never works at local or national level. What works is friends Mm. praying together, Mm -hmm. like listening to God together, and genuinely like preferring one another and loving one Mm. another. And uh, and I've seen that profoundly locally. Like that, that's definitely what I'm mm, experiencing well. yeah. right now in Rygate yeah. and UC here in Harrow. Yeah. Yeah. Is is people who genuinely care about and prefer yeah. each other from other churches and aren't too worried about. Yeah. I mean, this summer I'm kind of looking after a group of about a hundred. Young people from churches across my town, mm. um, and it's just a beautiful mess. And what's wonderful about it is we've realised the kids all know each other; they're all yes, the same schools. Yes. They don't see any no
1: territorial. Yeah, there's no territory there.
0: there. As long as you, as the adults, don't institute that, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's really exciting the, the mess of it, and it comes out. It works. It only works if you really are friends and you really do care for yeah. each other. And if you're only paying lip service to that might as well be it. And
1: if you're only doing stuff if that's the only time you see each other, is when you're doing stuff together, yeah. it all falls down as well because it becomes quite contractual, doesn't it? Yeah. So Absolutely. what can you what
0: can you do for each other? How yes. can you give yourself yes. away yeah. to the church down the road? Yes. You know, we've got an amazing supply of Nerf guns. <laughs> yes. I would I would offer them to you all to borrow, but I've now got like everybody emailing everybody about this. everyone yeah. knows about them in, mm. in the local area.
1: And that weird bubble stuff that you that kind of gets yeah. really sticky on the floor you got. All got that stuff, here.
0: yeah, yeah. So but yeah. but just Giving that stuff yeah. away, you know, is really simple, really yeah. easy, and praying for each other.
1: Absolutely. And, and what I see the youth workers do locally, so Paul Cable, who's a listener here, Paul, you're listening to this, and Helen Wallenscroft, and all across Harrow, is every week the youth workers get together and do street evangelism together. So they're not they're not even doing it with young people. I say that in inverted commas because it is they're reaching out to young people, but they're they're doing it because actually they're saying first and foremost, we love young people in our patch in Harrow. And so it's not about which church they end up in. It's not about getting a leaflet as everybody's event highlighted. They just rock up together and they do street evangelism together, and it and it has knit that group together mass- amazingly. Mm. And it is genuine. It's just it's just powerful to really see exciting. actually. And yeah. the
0: kids pick up on it as well. They do, they really yeah. Do. So that's Thank it you, Wayne. for another wide-ranging youthscape podcast. We have a shout-out list. Rachel has seamlessly dug it out. I found it. You had, the a, you had a look of sheer panic on your I face. I have a weird
1: face and I do that, like, kinda of like overly kinda of like
0: <laughs> you, do, you, do, you do have a weird face. I do have a weird so, face.
1: So <laughs> um
0: So hello to Ben Doggett, to Rory O'H. No, I got that wrong. And yours there's a Raleigh. lot of, there's there's lots of L's. Lots of R's and L's in there. Yeah. Uh, Rory O'Halloran. Yes. Uh, and also
1: Angela Tuff and Christine Blair.
0: So hello Thank to you all.
1: You for tuning in. And Thank we love you all.
0: And uh, finally Uh, you might want to support the Youthscape podcast if you've enjoyed Mm. today's show Mm. um, the Youthscape podcast is always free but uh, you do actually contribute to a bit like a tiny bit of our time and this building and uh, everything that we do uh, by supporting us on Patreon uh, patreon.com slash youthscape and you can sponsor us to I think a dollar a month a week or more a dollar a week or a dollar a month Oh, it's a month. Yes. All right. Well, dollar dollar month, a dollar a month. Yeah. dollar a month is like a quarter of a latte. So I think you know what to do. Uh, but we'll leave that with you and your conscience. Uh, <laughs> please do support us on Patreon. We've got <laughs> a nice little community of, of patrons now. They we get, do. And, and, they and, get stuff. And producer Rachel sends them stuff. Thanks
1: they do. They get the wonderment of Producer Rachel. Sometimes they
0: get free stuff through the post. Did you know that?
1: Oh, I did not know yeah, that. Sometimes they get
0: free stuff through the post. <gasps> well, it's like being part of a cool subscription club. It is. Exactly that. Right. That's enough from us. <laughs> Goodbye.